On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. We have to talk to you about uh, this situation now that it's arisen in the last couple of days with refugees coming here from Ukraine. Um, the government saying that it cannot guarantee that there'll be any beds for them to sleep in and cannot rule out the prospect of those people um, sleeping on the streets. Um, put simply, and this might be a very blunt question, but is there anything we could have done differently to avoid this? Um, it's difficult to say. I mean, what we do know is at the start of this crisis, there was an anticipation that there could be up to 100,000 uh, people coming to our shores. We're now at, I mean, there's also been an increase in, in from other nationalities uh, coming seeking protection and we're at 60,000. So, uh, but uh, looking at it on the front line, engaging with local authorities uh, around the country who've been going all out to try and get as much accommodation as possible. It's difficult when you see it close up to see what additionally could have been done. Um, but we, but that said, we did know that it could be, uh, it could be this high. Mm. So um, was it inevitable? Answer, was it inevitable that we get to this point? Because I know the state has talked about trying to find uh, more community facilities, empty halls, and former, you know, former residential institutions that could be repurposed or, or um, renovated to, to do all this. But we knew all of that was going to take time. So suppose then maybe a question arises as to whether Ireland has taken its allocation of, of refugees from Ukraine and maybe could have done better as to, to time it, or if there was distribution from other countries that maybe we've we've. Um, bitten off more than we can chew in trying to accommodate so many people so quickly? Um, I, I don't know the answer to that question, is, is, is the honest. I'd be, I'd be, I'm speculating. Uh, but I think what we have to do is people are coming to our shores, they've experienced a trauma, and we have to take them in and provide them some sort of protection. And that's one of the particularly the, the, the vista that's been risen over the last couple of days that people could be sleeping rough. Uh, on the streets having come here uh, fleeing war Um, because we know that experience of homelessness is in itself a trauma and we also know how quickly that trauma can spiral into you know sort of life-changing spiral of trauma that can lead to mental health and addiction issues so it really is important that uh, you know as we look forward we find the solutions and you know, wherever they can be found, whether there is more capacity in terms of those uh, people who offered accommodation, you know, we we have to look at Mm. uh, those kind of state buildings and what can be done with them. But also, I mean, the other thing is, this is clearly a very entrenched um, situation uh, in Ukraine. It's the sense of it is that, you know, the the re-escalation from from Russia and bombing Kiev has uh, some people who maybe were thinking about returning. I think a number of people had returned. Um, that now that has been sort of turned around again and people are starting to flee understandably. So I I think clearly we have to think about this into the long run. Mm. And I suppose the concern for us as we think about the homeless situation is part of the reason why it's particularly difficult is there is no capacity in the homeless system Mm. to the extent that the government has brought in this eviction ban. Um, because it's absolutely necessary because we just don't have any capacity. Um, but but uh, we're very quickly getting back to the answer to homelessness is more shelter. Mm. And that actually isn't the case. The answer to homelessness are homes. And we have to also, in terms of the uh, providing uh, support to people fleeing war, we also have to be looking at can we uh, ramp up those medium-term and long-term solutions that are that are now going to be 
clearly mm. looks like it's going to be needed. So yeah. we need to, I think, move beyond the emergency, immediate and absolutely necessary as it is. We also have to start thinking about medium and long term. Uh, on a more uh, medium term basis, though, because obviously the, the, the housing and accommodation situation in this yeah. country has really been turned on its head since since the war broke out in Ukraine in late February. Um there's an argument to be made that a lot of the things that the state has tried to do in the meantime, whether it is repurposing and, and renovating other buildings that could be used for, for medium-term accommodation or whether it's the suspension of some planning laws as Dara O'Brien was openly discussing a little earlier in the year to try and fast-track some accommodation, whether it's modular housing or others, that some solutions were being considered now that did seem to be a little off the table before we were dealing with a refugee accommodation crisis. And one might argue that when you had close to 11,000 people living in emergency accommodation, plus those who are couch surfing or hidden homeless, and we've discussed in recent weeks how many people that might be, um, that the state ought to have been pursuing some of these things before a war broke out to, to necessitate it. Yeah, I think I think there is some truth in that. I, I think what, as you know, we've been running for the last couple of months a campaign, particularly around the level of vacancy we have in this country. And one of the things that stands out, I mean, the, the state has implemented is, is what's called the repair and lease scheme, or the uh, or, and another purchase scheme as well for to, to capture some of that uh, vacant property and bring it into the into the public housing system. I think one of the things that stands out about that is the state has been pulling lots of levers. Um, what we have found when we've talked to local authorities and talked to people about the vacancy and, and dereliction is when the state gives a focus, sort of a laser focus to these issues, you see it start to increase. So there is a thing about if you're trying to do everything, you're spreading yourself too thin and you're not doing, you, you end up doing a little of everything rather than a lot and, and deciding what is going to be our two, one or two big solutions to this issue and pursue them. And I think that's really the way we start to, we start looking at this. Is there then a case you made then if you apply that back to the, the housing situation of the affordability of housing uh, more long term, that actually the state has arguably pursued too many uh, tools to try and help people get onto the housing ladder and it's de- trying to deal with too many different uh, programmes to, to renovate or bring back online previous voids and that actually maybe that's part of the problem, that things aren't moving as quickly as they could because there's too many different initiatives to try and make it happen. I think that that has been a concern I've had for some time. I think I've spoken to you before or we've spoken before about the way that policy is done in Ireland and, and the way that uh, we do things by increment and we slowly start to change our policies. And the benefit of that is in normal times, you, you make slow changes and you can bring everybody with you. And if, you know, if a wheel falls off, you can put it back on or you, and you can keep, uh, you know, keep people, keep the, the, the system rolling along. Yeah. The problem is when you get into a crisis is you need to take huge leaps forward to get ahead of the crisis. And that requires a, a, a singular focus and a speed of, of uh, attack of the issue. That means you can't do multiple things. You have to sort of streamline it and focus on this is what we're doing. So the, the, the example I use, and it's not a perfect uh, comparator, is around COVID. You know, the, the laser focus on dealing with that crisis was immense. Now, you can't, uh, you know, you can't take that extreme an approach to something like the housing crisis because you have to keep, you know, the country running. Mm. But it is that sort of laser focus that's needed and taking the learning indeed uh, from uh, the period of COVID because as we know, as it relates to homelessness, the eviction ban, which has been brought in, is inspired from the success we had, particularly around family homelessness, 
uh, when that when mm. when uh, COVID was here. Yeah. Well, on that note, then, because let's talk about the eviction ban, which, as we know, was was signed off by the cabinet last Tuesday. It's likely to be legislated for in the Dáil uh, this coming Wednesday, and then sent to the president to be signed ASAP ahead of taking effect a week after now. Um, there are some within government who had expressed reservations about introducing an evictions ban like this now for the winter months, precisely because, although, yes, the ban that they introduced over the COVID period was good at averting homelessness at that time, they would argue that actually it only bottled up a situation and that's why you had the numbers in emergency accommodation rising so quickly in the aftermath, that it basically just stocked up, stockpiled up loads of evictions that were going to happen and, and this is why now we're paying the price. Yeah, I, I think that that's why... What we've been saying about the eviction ban is what it creates for us is breathing space. We're now at a situation where there is no emergency accommodation and we can't get more. So not doing it puts us in a place where we could be at risk of children having to sleep on the street. Mm. And that just is unconscionable. So what but what the moratorium uh, on evictions will do is help keep some of those families in particular families. And it doesn't work as well for singles. And we, we can talk about that, but it works particularly well for families keep them in their accommodation. But that time has to be used. So when it, when the moratorium comes in, well, it should start now, but if we think about it as on the, on the 1st of November, when it comes in to the 31st of March, when it ends, what we need to see is a program of initiatives that is going to see us uh, move past this crisis or at least get us far enough ahead of it that we can uh, address some of that mm. family homelessness and that single person homelessness. And that's things around eviction, sure. Uh, sorry, things around uh, vacancy and uh, putting in place uh, protections for people who are at risk of homelessness. Mm. Um, with that legislation now having been published and due to be uh, debated by the Dáil on Wednesday, I know there is some talk of the opposition trying to submit amendments that would uh, make it more robust than it currently is. Are there any changes that you'd like to see to what's being published? Um, I think the important thing for us is that it passes and that it's in place as quickly as possible because every day, I mean, as we know, the latest figures from homelessness are back from August. So we'll have the September figures coming out at the end of the week and we, we anticipate that that will see further increases. So it's really important that it, that it passes quickly. Um, I haven't I haven't looked at, the, at the, all of the provisions of the bill. We will engage with it, but I think it's really important that it passes quickly. So it's really a case of uh, not wanting perfection to be the enemy of the good. Exactly. Okay. Uh, We will leave it there. Wayne Stanley, Head of Policy and Communications at Focus Ireland. Thank you very much for joining us this lunchtime uh, on The Record. On The Record with Gavin Riley. Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions. It all adds up to the new equation. On News Talk.